You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 89. In this episode, I'm joined by the divine Grace Hazel. Grace is a soulful sexual healing coach. She works with women worldwide who are ready to powerfully heal so that they can clearly trailblaze their life towards sexual liberation, free thinking relationships and radical body love so that they can live confidently and creatively based on their own unique essence. Grace is trained extensively in sexual shamanic arts, womb awakening, and is a psychosomatic sexual coach, yoga teacher, and a Reiki master. In this episode together, we talk about lots of topics around sexual energy, pussy pain, and great sex. Kicking it off with working through sexual trauma, getting reacquainted with your body, the empowering conversations you can have with your body and how to have them. What is vulvodynia, which is pussy pain? We talk about that, storing sexual emotion in your pussy, connecting with the earth's healing energy and the sacred energy of menstrual blood and sperm. In this episode, we really open up about pussy conversations that you may have felt uncomfortable talking about in the past or even listening to. We're here together to open these up and I'm beyond thrilled that Grace is joining me for this episode. Now, if you've never heard of Grace before, go and check her out on Instagram whilst we're going through this episode. You can find her at Grace underscore 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 Hazel. Yes, there is three underscores. Grace underscore 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 Hazel or just look up Grace Hazel. I'm sure you'll find her. She's all about conversations with the pussy and guiding you to awaken and empower your relationship to sex and your vagina. You're going to love it. Before we jump into it, I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only, self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, video, audio, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Grace, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Gemma. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk about lots of bizarre topics around pussy and soulful sex and you name it. But before we jump in, what day of your cycle are you on today and what are you checking in with in this moment? Mm, So day of my cycle, I literally yesterday finished the last um, bleed day. So I am just stepping foot into spring. So that's where I'm at right now. So you've caught me on a good day. (laughs) (laughs) I've caught caught you post in a winter. How long do you normally bleed for actually? I don't bleed for very long actually. I I would like to say that I have 
I mean, not a blessing with all things, my pussy, but um, in regards to bleeding, I've always had quite light, gentle periods. Unfortunately, I do get a lot of emotional purging happening around them. Um, <laughs> it's usually common. for about four days, four to five days. Mm, I'm very much the same. I bleed for pretty much three days, spot for like on the fourth, maybe on the fifth, but it's always been light. And so... I've not really ever been through the period, the heavy period pain and the heavy pe- bleeds for a long period of time, but I know a lot of women experience them. And um, talking about period pain, the listeners kind of know a little bit about you from your intro, but let's talk about how you became Grace Hazel on Instagram and where your journey began in becoming who you are today. Mm, yeah, well, it, it requires us to go back into time a very, very long time ago, almost like past life. Um, when I was in my late teens, um, and at that time, I want to just give like a what I was up to at that time. I was heavily into raving. I love drum and bass music, and every every weekend I would be up in London in raves and taking. <laughs> there she is again on the podium. <laughs> I literally <laughs> always on the podium, always like woo, but um that was my life and I was constantly you know like high as a kite and I I loved my life at that time and um through raving I had met my then partner and he and I had such a magical initial journey together and it was like before then I hadn't really sexually explored like I'd had sex but I'd never um dived into feeling really comfortable with somebody which enabled the sense of well wow what what can sex be what can we do here in this in this Mm. field together and so um the concoction of partying and then having lots of amazing sex was such a liberating time for me it was such an expansive time for me my whole life changed um however um a little bit into the relationship, I started to experience pain during sex. So when I would have sex with my then partner, I would um, not always during sex, but afterwards, it, it might have been a few hours afterwards, it would feel a little bit like I had just whipped my knickers off, sat on top of a roaring fire, and I was just receiving the flames up through my pussy. Ouch. Um, yeah, it was it was it was really not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that, that's the what, whole Kings of Leon sex is on fire. Song. It's literally my sex was literally on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was it was terrible initially because I was like, what's going on? Like, why after this experience of having like such deep connective sex with my partner, am I now in loads of pain? And um, I had to go and see loads and loads of GPs in England and um, none of them really knew what was going on. And at that time, GPs didn't really know what vulvodynia was. It wasn't something that was talked about. A similar kind of thing back in the day when nobody knew what endometriosis was. So, oh. so folks were going to doctors and they were like, I oh, don't know what this is. And so the same was happening with vulvodynia. And I think there was a statistic, I don't know if it still is true, and I doubt it is because there's so much awareness around it now. Um, But I think it was like having to see one in six doctors before you would get 
um, diagnosed with, with endometriosis. So that was a similar way in which I experienced having this pain that no doctor knew what to do with me. They would put me on antibiotics and they were like, you've got a urine infection, even though there wasn't anything coming up as positive in my it's urine. It's just a UTI. Oh, it's just for the listeners. <laughs> for the listeners, Grace, who don't know what vulvodynia is, like what is vulvodynia? Yeah, so um, vulvodynia is a neurological condition which affects um, the vulva and inside of the vagina sometimes. And um, it's a really blanket term for something that can um, be so different for, for lots of folks. Um, however, the way that I experienced it was either pain on touch. So physically, if you touched parts of my vagina, um, there would be severe pain. But then also I had the other aspect of vulvodynia that meant that after sex, it was like my nervous system was like, oh my God, sex, bad, bad. <laughs> and then would go into heaps of pain. Okay. And so some folks, literally it, it, it changes, well, for some folks, I want to say for most folks, it changes their life. It changed my life, you know. I went from being this person who was just about to have a form of, like, you know, sexual liberation and expansion. And then um, it came in and it, it, what happened was it, it I, I want to use this term raped because it feels a little bit like a rape of my life force of my energy um, of my energy and I said this the other day and I say it often because when we have sexual energy pulsing through our system the way that I see things is that I see life in color like everything is bright colorful life life moves me i feel and i'm inspired but when i connect to the times especially during the times of vulvodynia it's like i see everything in gray you know and i don't feel myself i don't feel um as expansive or anywhere near as 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 um open and and flowy with life so um, vulvodynia impacts folks in different ways, but really, you know, some folks can't go out. Some folks have to leave their jobs. Some folks like me, I had to break up with my boyfriend eventually because our relationship broke down because of the lack of intimacy. Um, and, you know, whilst we loved each other so deeply, intimacy is like the glue. And it totally is. What brings you together and we didn't have that anymore um yeah so i hope that gives you a bit of an understanding of vulvodynia and um i call it pussy pain now i just say pussy pain because when i had vulvodynia um finally when i diagnosed myself and then when i need to see a specialist in this the next phase for me, instead of being treated for UTIs, was being treated for vulvodynia, but I would get um, given things like um, really hardcore painkillers. Or um, I once had this tablet and oh my goodness, it would get into my nervous system and numb me out. So, so much that I couldn't, you know, focus at work. I'd have panic attacks because it would throw my um, system out. And when I would get out of bed in the morning, 
I sometimes would just fall onto the floor because I was stoned. And whilst wow. it sort of numbed the constant, because my vulva had gone into constant, you know, solid baseline five pain always. So that's what my question my, my question was going to be around is so were you taking this every day, all day, or was it only when you had the pain? But now now we know that you were feeling level five out of ten pain every day. Yeah, it, it turned into that, you know. So it was like, first of all, uh, it would just come after sex. Then it became baseline. Then parts of my vulva activated to just be painful on touch. So it was just like, my pussy was like, mate, please, <laughs> please listen to me. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, in my teens, my early 20s, and I'm still going out and doing things that wasn't really supporting my body, having fun. Um, but getting myself into situations that really, you know, outside of my relationship, when we broke up, I was then going out and sleeping with guys, or being in situations that were sexual that were really crossing my boundaries and not respecting my body. So my pussy just kept getting louder and louder and louder. Screaming and, uh, at you. It was literally screaming at me. Mm. She was literally screaming. And so I think I got to a point where I was like, I can't live on these constant meds anymore. I can't. It was hilarious. Well, it wasn't hilarious. We can look back. <laughs> Looking on back on it, it was hilarious. Looking back on the fact that I used to carry my handbag around with literally a pharmacy of pain medication in is quite, I mean, I feel really sad for that part of me that couldn't go out the house without the deep fear that if I left the house, that there could be a um, experience of me getting into heaps of pain. And I, and I wouldn't, exactly, you know, it was that painful that, you know, you can't just sit there and go, oh, it's a bit painful. It was like, this is terrible. And back then, you know, back before I was talking about vaginas, just saying to someone, I'm really sorry I've got to go home because my vagina hurts or, you know, whatever. It was just um, my vagina's in a lot of pain right now. I just got to. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't even, you know, at doctors, I couldn't even, I didn't even have a word or a term to, to describe my vulva and vagina. It was like, mm. um, such a, a, a strange time to have such a thing happening in my genitals, in my pussy but not have the vocabulary vocabulary, or the ability to just openly talk. So it was a massive secret for me. I didn't tell anyone. Um, and it got to a place where I was like, fuck this, I'm not holding. It was like I was holding this huge secret, I'm not holding it anymore. So I began to share online. And that was when it began. That was when, let's say, Grace Hazel began. Um, and that was like, for me I can't think of how many years ago it was but it was when I still have vulvodynia so it was you know back in my mid-20s or early mid-20s and basically um when I shared I had so much or so many folks getting in touch with me being like oh my god thank you so much for sharing this I've had this exact same thing this is what I did with it or people saying well I really want to hear more about that story or try this because I've heard that this can help. So it caused a stir, let's say, which I noted as important at the time. I was teaching yoga. I was doing Reiki healing and things like that at that point. And I was like, mm, okay, there's something in this. So I continued to share and um, my journey was evolving and I was learning a lot around energy healing and spending a lot of time 
um, in healing circles and ceremonies. And what was occurring for me was that I was actually doing a lot of healing on my body. And so the pain that I was experiencing was fading away and I wasn't actually needing to use medication anymore. You mean your pharmacy um, handbag got retired? <laughs> my pharmacy, I mean, at that time, I probably just carried one or two just in case. <laughs> didn't fully let it go by that point. But it was a sense of like, I don't need this anymore. Um, and eventually through this, I started sharing more about vaginas on Instagram. And at the time, it was at a time when nobody, again, was really... I know that through the ages, if we look back on history, we've got folks writing about vaginas. And um, what's that amazing... That book that became a play. I've completely forgotten what it's called now. It's an amazing... Is it about um, menstruation? It is, and they talk about vaginas and womanhood. There was one movie called Hysteria, which was about, like, self-pleasure and women used to go with these challenges and they're looking for release. And they would go... I actually saw this at the Arts Centre. It's not the normal cinema, like, the normal movies. It was, like, a special arts show. Mm -hmm. And um, it was all about this doctor became like a self-pleasurer for women and women were lined up out the door and it was based on a true story and then that's how the first dildo was produced mm-hmm. it was like so crazy but there's also a movie i recently found out because i'm in the middle of writing programs for schools that disney like walt disney disney released a movie about menstruation in the 40s Oh, wow. Yeah, the ninth, I'm pretty sure it was 19, from memory, 1948, but it was definitely in the 40s. And it was all about menstruation and the woman's body of menstruation. And I'm like, how do I get my hands on that crazy movie? It was a cartoon, I think, for, um, for educating, for obviously being Disney. Oh, but um, Breaking yeah. that. Mm, crazy. Wow, amazing. And I think that, like he just said, well, I mean, celebrating that, that, that film made, unfortunately it doesn't seem to be <laughs> very well known. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, people have, folks have been talking about it. And again, I still can't remember for some reason it's blanked out of my mind, but there's been a, a line and it's a feminist line as well of, of folks talking about um, vaginas and um, our bodies. But, when I started talking about vaginas online, it came from a place that, you know, I'd just been talking about yoga and, and energy healing. And then suddenly I was talking about vaginas. And what happened was, I don't, I don't quite understand why. I mean, I do understand. I feel like I was, it was completely aligned with the time. I suddenly felt this need to talk about vaginas a lot, to talk about healing sexuality a lot. And it was at a time where that became really on trend. <laughs> So I, I basically started talking about it and there were a few others I remember online doing it that I was aware of and it just blew up. <laughs> so talking about sexual healing, but in a way that was like, hey, for most of our lives, we've been taught that sex is like this and that um, it's only okay to discuss these topics around it. So for instance, I the, the first um, conversations with Pussy Podcast that I 
um, spoke on or, or that I created the first episode, I was like, we're having conversations that you wouldn't have at the dinner table. All right. These are conversations about the stuff that we don't talk about openly. And I think there was a real need for it at that time to, to actually just have honest conversations and um, be real about sex. Like you said earlier, you know, you talk about poo. <laughs> it's another thing, you know, like, let's talk about these things that have been so shadowed down in our human experience, bring it to the surface. And when you do, people are like, thank goodness you're talking you, about this now. You are so spot on. I, the, the three things that I say that we, like we speak about on this podcast and when I reach out to guests and they say, hey, would you like to join me on the podcast is that we talk about periods, poo and sex. And if you think about it, we all, sh- these are topics people don't talk about, but we all shit. We all exist because people had sex, mostly. <laughs> and we exist because of a menstrual cycle. Like if there was no period, there would be no ovulation and therefore we wouldn't exist. We would die without shitting and we would not be, we would not be here in this present form if there was no sex and periods. And so they're the most common topics, but people don't speak about them. And it's not even just where I live in Australia, people don't speak about them for for you in the UK and globally. And I know like recently I brought out an episode with my my good friend, Rosie Rees, and it was a a series on orgasms. And we spoke about the G-spot and squirting orgasms. And then we talked about clitoral orgasms then we spoke about cervical orgasms in different episodes and the response from you guys listening to this is like oh, there's a there's an orgasm from the cervix how did no one tell me this i'm like well they didn't also tell you about orgasms from the clit in mm-hmm. sex ed at school either <laughs> so yeah opening up these conversations is is really great and i'm glad that you're doing this too around the pussy yeah. Mm. And I love what you just said about the sex education piece, because it is like right now, I'm so excited to, to witness this sea of now sex educators that are around and who are talking about, like you said, the clitoris. <laughs> Let's just go with the number one. Okay, great. The clitoris, the cervical orgasms, the G-spot orgasms. And, and there are folks talking about all the types of orgasms and, and actually bringing a a really casual tone to these conversations because in actually our sex education i mean i don't really remember mine so it must not have been mind-blowing but i do remember there being wasn't orgasmic (laughs) but we're now getting that tone in the sense of i'm seeing it in instagram and seeing so many folks who are stepping up to do this work And so it's changing. And I feel that there is a real, I was feeling it this morning. I was like, there is a sense for me, like this is becoming, I hope, the norm. Mm. These conversations are not going to feel like they shock anymore (laughs) because they shouldn't be shocking. Like you said, we can talk about pooing. We can talk about sex in all of its forms, whether that be the stuff that feels really orgasmic, but actually, again, whether that be the woman that ex- is experiencing pain during sex, whether that be the woman who has um, experienced sexual trauma, let's bring it all to light because it's all part of this human experience. Mm. Um, it's so important. It really is. And I'll just concur with what you said that, I think there's a lot of vulnerability in the world for women, specifically for women or and those who identify as women, about the confidence of having these types of conversations. And the fact that more and more people are having them, it is making it more of a dinner conversation. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, we all exist because of sex. Why can't we talk about it? 
and it's sort of sweeping it under the rug. And I know for me, and a lot of the listeners kind of may know this or may not, depending on how long you've been listening to this show, I was in a relationship for a number of years where there was no sexual experience. And so that really threw me into my masculine and then forced me into my feminine. And here I am teaching and guiding and supporting around the menstrual cycle, but then connecting with others who were like, I'm learning in the process too, which is fantastic. So let's talk about, um, there's a few topics I want to talk about, but one of them is, I know you're really passionate about pussy healing. So healing challenge and experience and pain from the pussy. And I wrote down this note while you were talking before about how you were saying you were with your partner at the time and you had this painful experience and then all of a sudden it stopped and then you guys, you know, the, the relationship ended. Let's talk about the emotional connection with that because I know that like you can have a great relationship and it sounded as, as though for you it was like orgasmic and very connected and, you know, I think the word you said was liberated. It was liberating. So obviously the emotional connection was very, very great, good and high. But what happens with sex emotionally when we go from feeling connected to not feeling connected? Like how does that emotionally damage our pussies or how does the pussy store that emotion? Mm, it's a really good question. Um, it takes me to this example that I used to give in regards to my own experience around pussy pain that because I was associating sex with pain, um, it was like, you know, this thing that had once been really delicious and yummy to have in this relationship. So I liken that to like your favorite cake. If you kept eating your favorite cake and every time you did that, someone came up to you and just electrocuted you, you would in your system go, oh, <laughs> sex equals pain. I won't do that thing. Okay. Mm. And so coming back to your question around the impact it has when we are having sex that isn't connected. I want to say, you know, emotional connection doesn't have to come with being in a relationship or being with a partner. It can come from a one night stand when you're both showing up to open up and be emotionally, um, open and being vulnerable in that situation exactly exactly and i feel when we open up our bodies to sex it's a really expansive deep experience but when we're not in full alignment in that experience when we're allowing someone in and i'm talking about cisgendered women so like with pussy i feel that what begins to happen is that our body remembers so the example here is that, okay, whilst I was in a really amazing relationship with this partner, previous to that, I'd experienced in my teenage years, a lot of um, sexual abuse, abusive experiences, and I experienced rape as well. My pussy was holding all of that, you know, my pussy, whilst it was all right, and it wasn't actively doing anything at the time, what I see is when it became safe for my pussy to say no, it said no. But it was holding all of this trauma, let's say. Like, there's a really beautiful book called The Body Keeps a Score. Oh, and it's yes. I'm yeah. listening to this audio book right now. <laughs> it's a good one for understanding, you know, we really do hold it in, on a somatic level in the body. And our pussy is no different. So, um, 
when I meet people who are experiencing, um, let's say, a difficulty with sex, I don't like to call it an issue because it's an experience. You know, it's, it's no, we don't need to write it off as good or bad. When I had pussy pain, instead of having to cover it up, what could have been better for me initially was to go, well, why is that present? What's actually my pussy trying to say to me? Well, it's saying actually that I'm holding a fuckload of trauma, a fuckload of, of stuff that mm. wants to be shed now. I'm in a safer relationship. Um, and so I, I feel that, um, I don't know if this answers your question fully. <laughs> it's almost like your question's just gone bloop in my mind and I'm on a tangent here. <laughs> I love it. We totally hold stuff in our sex organs. And um, if you are experiencing a pain, whether that be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, there is always a root to that. There is always something there that wants to be seen and wants to be shifted. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being an amazing listener of this podcast, I want to offer you a 20% off voucher code. Use the code CYCLELOVE at checkout to save. For the women listening to this, men also experience this type of storage. I think that the pussy is like a sponge and it absorbs our emotional experience. I know for me, you know, I had to do a lot of letting go. And my friend Rosie, she speaks about this as de-armoring, you know, like we're stiff, like we've got armor and we need to de-armor this tension and tightness by connecting and feeling and re-engaging. And it just, the reason why I brought that up is because I wanted to demonstrate to the, to the listeners that yes, your body might respond with a pussy in rage, which is like agitation, irritation, you know, fiery pain, like the fire's there. That's an irritation. There's also an emotional irritation most likely linked to that. And a lot of women will just be like, okay, I've got this irritation. Okay, what can I do to solve this? Okay, I might take this drug or I'll eat this food or I'll put on this ointment. But there's other aspects to our health and the body does store and keep the score. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing on that. My pleasure. Now, when it comes to pussy healing, if, if a woman is listening to this and they, they've been through some kind of sexual, I don't like using the word trauma, but challenge in the past, they feel like, all right, I'm really ready to embrace good sex. I'm ready to have an open sexual vulnerable conversation and communication and connection with someone. But they feel like, but I've still got this baggage kind of like hanging on that shoulder What's the first few steps that a woman could take? Maybe the first three, three things she could do in healing her pussy. Yeah, I think so. First of all, I think there is the um, 
the need to just say, hey, this is happening. So to acknowledge this is what is presently occurring and it really means something to me to move through this. So if there is, a, let's again give the example of physical pain, but also be like, okay, it's not always that way. But if you're experiencing a physical pain, it's like, instead of reaching outside and being like, shit, what do I do about this? It's actually coming into the presence of that and being like, this is really something that I have right now. This is something that I feel strongly that I am ready to move through. So it's like they're saying, this is a thing and it really means something to me to, to move through it, to transform through it. I feel that especially for folks who have a feeling or a knowing that they have experienced difficult stuff previously, to have somebody who can guide and support them through the process of, of doing pussy healing, let's say, is really important. Because mm. I, I don't think that we should try and do this all on our own. <laughs> we can, agree. but having someone hold space for us is so healing. Um, and so someone who works within, yes, talking about it and, and being able to hold a really clean space for, for communicating and going into the psychological parts of how that's affected you or what's going on. Also someone who specialize in, is, specializes in the somatics. So being able to actually empower you to have a conversation with your body, empower you to begin to get to know that this vessel is so wise. And um, when you have that person, that supports you to actually be deepen the journey. So saying that there's, there's something going on, having someone support you, the next phase I feel, I mean, there's so many phases to it. I really believe that getting acquainted with our own body, with physical touch is like, it's foundational for mm. anybody. I think mm. not just folks who are like, oh, I just want to do some pussy healing. It's like <laughs> every single person could benefit from getting acquainted to their body. Um, and so that would, I say, would say the third step is like, once you've got someone who's holding you in a space and you're being supported in some way, then getting back to that, you know, just touching yourself, learning about yourself. And we don't have to always have self-pleasure as this thing that's like orgasmic. And, you know, we were talking about cervical orgasms, mm. G-spot orgasms. Sometimes for folks, actually, that's actually way, way far past the lines of where they're at. And just, you know, maybe just holding their breasts or just breast really cupping. <laughs> breast cupping. I self-pleasured the other day. And you know what? I reminded myself of um fuck the healing that happens. I did something that I haven't done for a while. And what I did, I'm just I'm going into a tangent here, but I visualized where I want to be. And this again is really good for folks who are really wanting to move through something that pussy healing. I visualized an experience that I was having with a partner and it's like kind of like the partner that I was like, you know what, this is the type of, of person that I want to be in relation to. You're calling in, in. I'm calling it in. Yeah. But I wasn't actively doing it. I was just like, I'm just going to fantasize about this person. Um, <laughs> and at the end of this self-pleasure session, I just, cried and cried and cried and so many realizations dropped in about all of the pieces of me that weren't um feeling like they were worthy of such a person and that wouldn't have come with me just writing it down and being like oh I would really like to meet this person it was because I was so in my body feeling uh -huh. and 
activated that I could sense the deeper parts of me that perhaps weren't ready for that or perhaps wanted to be presenced before that thing occurred. So um, self-pleasure is like this thing that yes, can be orgasmic and beautiful, but also for me, and, and this is the, the same thing for sex, like, oh my goodness, sex and self-pleasure is such a healing art form when we allow it to be and when we, we create it to be that way. It's such a healthy art form too, like a healthy healing art form. When you were talking about, um, you know, self-pleasure and connecting with your body and getting reacquainted, I, uh, with the clients that I work with around re-embracing their menstrual cycle, if they haven't had a bleed for a number of months or could even be a year, like a year or two, like I had a client this morning who hadn't had, hasn't had a bleed in 18 months. A lot of that can sometimes be an element of your body that you're rejecting. And most often it's the feminine. And one of the best ways for women to start to embrace their feminine whilst we live in a very masculine style world is self-pleasure. And that might just be breast massage. I love even just rubbing my chest, not even my boobs, above my boobs. I'm doing it like now. I know you can't see, but like just that or self-pleasure for me is going to yoga and not having to rush off and just enjoying Shavasana or laying in the sun naked, you know, yoni up like that, like that can be self-pleasure too. So for those listening who are like, Oh, I just crystal wand is a bit too much for me right now. I just, I, I don't really even touch myself at all. Self-pleasure is so many things and it's a great way to embrace your feminine. So there's three really great steps of starting the healing, um, healing of your pussy. But let's talk about the, I just mentioned about feminine and we're nearly out of time, but I really want to cover this. When we look at the feminine, the feminine like plane that we live on is the earth. And so we live on this beautiful Gaia, which is mother nature. And it is the source of the feminine for all of us. And I think collectively with what we're going through in 2020, there's a lot, repatterning with this but when it comes to healing for women specifically with their cycles now it might or may not be different with sexual healing but i feel that there's such a deep connection with the earth and mm -hmm. i always encourage women when they're trying to reconnect with their menstrual cycle that use the earth to your superpower like yes sun gaze your yoni and moon gaze your yoni when it's not too cold and you know bathe naked in the ocean or in the lakes so what's your connection or your current state of mind or like thought process around healing in on an earth sense and connecting all of that with sexuality and sensuality? Mm, yeah. And um, I think it's such a good topic and it's something that's been really landing in the last year for me in regards to how, and I'm going to speak again specifically about cisgendered women um, in, in this way, about how actually healing our sexuality has a direct impact on healing the land, so healing, healing the earth. Now, I want to kind of look at it in this way of that way, way back in the day before the patriarchal rule had come in, we were worshipping the land we were worshiping the goddess we were um bleeding into the earth we were gathering together in red tents to bleed with one another and it was a really revered time and 
what then happened and I, I get goosebumps because I think this is all coming up, you know, with the, the Black Lives Matter movement. It's really given me this space to look at the places in my business or my spiritual practices where I've actually been part of the um, colonization of other folks' um, spiritual ways in which actually the patriarchal rule, especially let's say in America, ripped away all of the native traditions, you know. So the patriarchal rule for everyone ripped away this um, deep connection that we had to the earth and it asked for us, especially with, let's say with Christianity, to have a faith with, with a God that was outside of us, that was up above, that we couldn't reach. When actually what happened before was saying that like the power is within us and in us and it's in the earth and it's in every being around us, it's in every being and animal. And when we look at the ways in which a woman's body has been raped and pillaged and um, stripped, you know, that we have been told that sexuality is actually something that is dirty or, you know, if we're, we're looking at the ways in which in Europe there were witch hunts for, for women actually who were just in their power working with the land and embracing their sexuality in a way that wasn't what the Christian patriarchal rule wanted. So, as we begin to evoke our sexuality back into our bodies, we're reclaiming that part of us that says, actually, this is a really powerful piece of my nature. And with that, I believe that what it evolves into is liberating ourselves in this, this, this piece that is literally, it's in our pussy. It's literally mm. bubbling and alive in our pussy it activates direct healing in the lands because we're reclaiming those parts of us that were raped and pillaged just like the lands were. So it interlinks so much. And what I see is happening right now is that those who have gone on a, a journey of sexual liberation also are beginning to awaken to their connection to the earth. So it's like it's it's just gradually opening and opening and opening up to something that's bigger um, than just your own connection to sexuality in itself. It's just it's it feels for me so interwoven. And talking of menstruation, it's even like I just imagine you know if how if women who are bleeding right now can hold the codes in their womb blood that holds the sense of I'm liberating and I'm awakening to the power within me. And she gives that blood with prayer back to the lands of earth. Those codes are going to be received by earth and that's going to be soaked up in, in healing essence for her. So that's how I feel about it. And I get goosebumps because I'm like, it's so important for us to, to interlink and to connect these two together. And I think too that this is such a great time in history, I know COVID's a pandemic that's affecting us worldwide, but it's actually really reconnecting us with nature because more and more people are traveling less. There's less pollution in the air. People are more um, like at home, spending time in their gardens, having more time to reflect, having more time to connect with their menstruation and connect with their menstrual blood, having more time to enjoy sexual experiences. I think despite the the challenge of COVID and 
you know, the lives that have been lost and lives that have been challenged with COVID, there's actually a lot of really great stuff happening around that many people aren't seeing. But I completely agree that if you can form a conscious, empowering sexual experience with a partner, that energy literally creates conscious energy that creates conscious change. And I'm so glad that you, um, that you opened up and explored into this because a lot of people who are craving healing, the healing can be done in many different ways, not just, I don't want to say just seeing a doctor, but just working on nutrition or just making sure you've got a really good gym routine is that it's so multidimensional and your body always, I want to say keeps score, but has the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Totally. I'd love to just add one bit. In yeah, please that. do. Yeah. As you were talking, I was like, I, I went really specific there and I was like, cisgendered women. And actually, <laughs> I, I, it was just to describe that bit. I want to um, say that this is not just for cisgendered women. It's for, you know, it's for men. It's for anyone who identifies in, in a non-binary way. It's just for everyone. This isn't, this isn't just exclusive for someone when we do sexual healing work and we also connect up with the land we're doing great healing for humanity and for mm -hmm. this earth for everyone i oh, wanted to add that. <laughs> I, you know what i've just been drawn to to add into that is that i know when i was studying ancestral health and they taught a lot about the heirloom seeds have you ever heard of where heirloom seeds came from I haven't, no. Okay, so heirloom seeds is a lot about sexual energy being given back to the land. And what, what they would do is they would believe that for generations to come, well, so let's just say in three generations to come, a child is eating an apple from an apple tree. When that child eats that apple, it's getting the embracing memory of their great-great-grandparents because their great-great-grandparents planted seeds with the mixture of sperm and menstrual blood and this was the heirloom and so that is like i have chills talking about this because that is the the sexual energy even though menstruation and the menstrual discharge of blood might not be sexual necessarily it's not you know amrita like the squirting discharge or like anything like that or squirting fluid it's still to do with sexual energy because you, it's from an ovulation which creates birth and Both all men all women and men come from the vagina they come from the yoni and so that's where regardless of your gender regardless of how you identify is that it really does affect and connect all of us and that's what kind of makes us all equal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm, oh my god oh, I, just so keep talking about this. I know i'm like wow i feel really inspired to to hear what you just said can you repeat that so it the, it what can you repeat what that practice is called again mm, so it's well it's no specific practice it's more so how they used to birth heirloom seeds the heirloom as in the memory of the air like of the heirloom and so it would be the menstrual blood and the, the sperm of the male. So the menstrual blood of, let's say, a wife and the sperm of a husband for a heterosexual relationship. And then they would mix this in some form of a ritual and then they would literally water it back into the earth. And they would do that where the seeds were planted. And so that's where heirloom seeds came from. And that's it's interesting because we still have heirloom seeds today. They're much, much more challenging to come about. Like I, I 
for those who follow me on Instagram, I'm a bit of a home gardener. I have a, a veggie patch and it's, it's, they're, they're very different types of seeds. When you look at their heirloom tomatoes or heirloom beans or heirloom pumpkins, they look extremely different to the store-bought ones. And that's because they hold different energy. Wow, so beautiful to, to receive that information and also to have that imagery of the tomatoes and the differences between those, those tomatoes. And I want to say that um, as you were talking and you were speaking about the sperm and the blood, I mean, yes, actually, it, it was just like my whole body was vibrating. And I've actually been in a ritual where we, we had the chance to mix these two together in a group. And instead, we weren't giving it to the earth, but we were anointing ourselves with stuff. <laughs> and it was, it's like that potency within the mixture of the the womb blood and the sperm it's it's got a special and i keep using the word code but it, it does when those two come together there's there's something that that marries there so to feed it to the land to to anoint it on yourself like i can i'm just feeling how um how the information then soaks into us and into the land so wow thank you for sharing that you're welcome it's very much like women you know eating and or turning their polentas um like sorry placentas polenta placentas <laughs> such close words a polenta is corn Gemma um, <laughs> I know right um but like like after birth you know turning that and re-giving that to themselves because your body produces life force and that is through menstruation it is through cervical fluid it is through sperm and it is a beautiful way. Like they even say, oh my God, we could talk about these topics forever. I'm just having a flashback. Gemma, you're nearly out of time. But with men, you know, um, like with a male's climax and ejaculation, like ancestrally, they said that's giving away your, your life force. And for men, it's like very tantric for them to restore and reserve their life force. Whereas for women, it's the opposite. And when you mix those two components together, it's really... For those who are listening who are like, what the F are these women talking about? <laughs> There's many multiple dimensions to this. And if you're brand new to hearing about it, don't freak out. Just know that the way you menstruate and the next time, if you are in a heterosexual relationship or even a same-sex relationship and you have male semen on you, like acknowledge that that's actually very sacred. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one tiny thing to say in, in regards to, to semen, I want to say that actually that, that piece around like if semen's on you, classifying it as sacred, that was a turnaround point for me because I think I had a small, it wasn't a small, it was a big thing around like, oh, I just don't, I don't want to taste it. I don't want to swallow it. I don't want to have it on me. It was like, if it was on me, I just want to wash it off. And the moment that I linked it in into what a incredible potent elixir that was i was like please i want that on me now it shifted the perception of what i was originally like oh god i don't want that on me it's gross and then bringing it into a sense of like wow this is actually is a gift it really is and there's so many ways we can look at embracing things but then we look at the belief of why do we have that belief and where did that belief come from and 
I'm just really thankful that you've been able to join me today and open up these conversations for the, the listeners who are probably like, I've never heard any of this stuff before. And <laughs> it's, it just goes to show that we really are beautiful elements of, of the earth. And I always say, Grace, that we are not just on the earth, we are of the earth. And so that means that we are not just walking here on the earth, that you are one with the earth. And when you feel off-centered, and I always say women who are imbalanced with their health, it's because you haven't really been with the earth. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Now, I do have a final question for you. It's a, it's a question that I ask all of our listeners. It's switching gears a little bit, but I would love to hear from you. What are three guiding tips that you would give to your younger menstruating self? So think back to when you started menstruating as a teen or a tween. What are three things you now know that you wish you knew then? I wish I knew that I didn't have to shove tampons up my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew about other forms of contraception so I didn't necessarily need to go on the pill so quickly and for such a long period of time and I wish that I could have been taken through a menarche or some form of celebration coming into mm. women in a way that was informative of what that truly meant for me so those are my three this they're beautiful and I, I kind of agree with all of them um i don't kind of i do agree with all of them grace thank you so much for joining us for the listeners who were like i need to learn more about grace how can they find you and um and what's the best platform for them to do that yeah totally so instagram is where i post the most i didn't mean to rhyme that then that it worked and <laughs> my instagram account is grace and it's three underscores, so underscore, 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 Hazel. So it's Grace, three underscores, Hazel. It's so frustrating how Instagram makes you do things like that. It's like, couldn't you just let me have that? Um, but all those links are going to be in the show notes, links to learn more about what Grace does, her website. It's all going to be there. But Grace, thank you so much for joining us. This has been loads of fun. So much fun. I've enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode Share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 